0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. The title of our message this morning is How Faith Works, number two. Number two. I believe... We- On number one, a couple weeks ago, Matthew 7, how faith works. We're making these things simple, as simple as possible. How faith works in the 24th verse of Matthew 7, Jesus closing his Sermon on the Mount says, Therefore. The word, therefore, encompasses everything that he has spoken from Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Therefore, because of all these things, in other words, therefore, whosoever, that's anyone, anyone, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them. I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. Now, the key words in that verse 24, heareth, doeth wise. Heareth, doeth wise. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, whosoever doeth these things, of mine, he's a wise man. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. In verse 25, rain, floods, winds, rains, Floods, winds. As long as you're living in the earth, you're going to have rains and floods and winds. In other words, the storms of life are coming against your house. But bless God, he said that the one that heard the word or heard the sayings and did those sayings, even though the rain and the floods and the winds came, the house fell not because the house was founded upon a rock. The reason why it did not fall is because this house was founded upon a rock. He heard the word. Heard the sayings, did the sayings, and blessed God, his house did not fall. Now in the next verse, everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not. Heareth, doeth not. Heareth, doeth not. Shall be likened unto a foolish man. Heareth, doeth not, fool. Heareth, doeth not, fool. This is Jesus speaking. Heareth, doeth not, is a fool. Foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. Rain, floods, winds. The rains, floods, winds. And beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. So, really, Jesus here is showing us two types of believers. Two types of believers. Don't think he's talking about non-believers, because non-believers don't even want to hear the Word. He's talking about those that hear the Word. He's talking about those that hear these sayings of mine and doeth them, and hear these sayings of mine and doeth them not. He shows us two types of believers. Those that hear the Word and do the Word, and those that hear the Word and do not the Word. Those that hear the Word and do the Word. Those that hear the Word and do not the Word. Now, the hearer of the Word and the doer of the Word, the one that hears the Word and does the Word, that person, according to Jesus, is invincible. That person is invincible. There's no Fs, ands, ifs, or buts about it. The person that hears the word and does the word, Jesus is saying, that man is invincible to the storms of life. The storms of life cannot and will not shake his house. Luke said it this way. His house could not be shaken. Could not be shaken because he was a hearer of the word, a doer of the word, a wise man that built his house upon a solid foundation which was the rock And that here, and do the word, who was the wise man, could not have his house shaken. It could not be shaken. No matter how tragic the circumstances or the storms of life may seem, that man's house could not fall. It's impossible for it to fall. I don't like this uh, fooling around with, you know, uncertainty. If, If I'm going to serve God, I want to know what I can do so that my house won't fall. And I don't want to hear this business if it be God's will. Well, if he wants to help you, he will. And if he doesn't want to help you, he won't. That's a bunch of hogwash. Listen to me. If that's all we've got to stand upon, then our foundation is pretty shaky. If I don't know God's going to help me in my situation of life, if I don't know he's going to meet my need, if I don't know he's going to heal my body, if I don't know he told me he's going to do that, I have no foundation. Nothing to build my house upon. I don't know if he's going to do it or not. Consequently, what am I going to build my house on? Nothing. But bless God, if I know that God said in His Word, if I heard His sayings and if I did His sayings and built my house upon the fact that He cannot lie, that I become a wise man and my house cannot will not fall. It can't be shaken from all the storms of life that would come my way. It cannot be shaken because God said so in His Word. Now all I need to do is just be a hearer and a doer of the Word. And if I'm a doer of the Word, then my house cannot fall. Amen? Aren't you glad that God is certain? Sure? Stand fast and eternal, and as long as we stand fast upon what he has spoken, hear it, do it, then we'll be the same way. Amen. okay, but on the other hand, this other fellow see he's he's a, a person that hears the word, but he does not do the word. he's called a fool he's called a foolish man. I'm going to show you why he's a foolish man. Look, this is something very important. Go to First Corinthians the third chapter. Third chapter. This here man, he's a, fool, he's a foolish man. He hears the word, but he doesn't do the word. Here's why he doesn't do the word. Notice his house is going to fall. How many of you know his house is going to fall? How many believe that Jesus meant He said when he said his house is going to fall? His house is going to fall. Sooner or later, his house is going to fall. It doesn't matter what it looks like, sooner or later his house is going to fall. He's a foolish man. He did not build his house upon the sure foundation. He built his house upon the sand. Look at what it says here in verse uh, 18. Third chapter, verse 18. Let no man deceive himself. Let no man become self deluded. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become as a fool. Now, Jesus said, those that hear my sayings and don't do my sayings, he is a fool. Well, he's saying the same thing here. The man who's wise in this world, he's wise according to this world's system, he's wise according to man's wisdom, this man, he's Jesus, or the word saying here, he is a fool. He's a fool to the things of God, but he's wise to the things of the world, of the senses. This man is a fool. But Jesus is saying, let that man become a fool. To the world's wisdom. Let that man become a fool to those that are wise in man's wisdom. And if that man becomes a fool, then that man in the latter part of that verse says that he may be wise. That he may be wise. Now the foolishness that he's talking about is the foolishness of the cross. The cross. The cross to the wise is foolishness. The wise of this world. But to those that believe in the cross, they are a fool to those of this world system. He's saying you've got two ways to go. You can go the world's way, the natural way, man's wisdom's way, or you can take Calvary's way. Now, it stands to reason that if man in his wisdom can provide for himself a good life in the earth, if that man is wise in the things according to man's wisdom, according to the world system. Now, you have to agree with me, there are those that are very wise when it comes to cheating other people out of that which is rightfully theirs and becoming wealthy and rich in this world system. He's very wise when it comes to how to get, uh, uh, evade his income tax. He's very wise when it comes to, you know, getting rich off of somebody else's work. I know a fella. And if I named him I wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to name him. But I know a fellow that I worked for personally that got wealthy because he did not pay the little people that came in to do the work for him. They'd go out there and you know do some work for him and, and build such and such and do this here and do that there, and uh, he wouldn't pay them. Of course, a little company like that there that didn't get paid would very shortly be out of business, wouldn't he? And so then he'd wait until the person had to take him to court, then the guy could barely, you know hardly afford to take him to court. And so he figured, what I'll do is settle out of court and give him half of what I really own. So, you see, he settled with the guy, but he cheated the guy. This guy built an empire on that. World's wisdom. Deceit. You see? And there are those that just just study this world's wisdom, just so they can make themselves a a so-called good life. But then, beloved, there are those that are wise in the Calvary. There are those that know that if man could make in his own wisdom could make security in this world system, then God, through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Calvary that was shed for us, has all sufficient power in that cross, in that blood, in that Jesus, in that life to cause any man to be so wild concerning the things of God that he can provide for himself and for his family through prosperity, spirit, soul body and finance. It doesn't matter which, which area of, of life it might be. I call this a truly prosperous man. Bless God when you need to be healed in your body and you, you don't have the money to go to someone and spend thousands of dollars. You look up to heaven's throne. You walk into the throne of grace. You stand before the omnipotent Father God of all mercy. You come to the throne of love gates and you say, Father God in Jesus' mighty name, heal my body. And the Father sends forth his glory and life into your body and creates a new part of that body whatever the case might be drives out that sickness and that disease and without paying one penny you walk off completely healed and whole that's prosperity that's building upon the principles of Calvary Amen that's wisdom they say, I don't have any money to spend and to buy food, and, you know, and food prices have gone up so high. And there are those that are wise in this world system. They have them on TV, these talk shows. They say, look at this woman. She bought all this big, bag, this big thing of groceries, and all these groceries she got piled on top of here, she only paid $7.65 for it. Well, how did you do that? Well, you see, I did all this, and I did all that, and I had pretty wise, huh? Send for this coupon, and that for coupon, and that over that coupon, and this over here, and that over that. Well, bless God. They didn't want to get wise in this world system. It don't matter to me. Jesus one day was preaching to a multitude of people, and they was over there on the hillside, and they hadn't eaten for three days. And they didn't have any coupons to send for. There wasn't anybody they could write in the mail and get by mail to get some coupons. And so Jesus had all the wisdom of God in him, he said, just give me one loaf of bread, and one, doesn't matter what you got, anything you got. got. He just blessed it and break it and said, Father, I give thee thanks. Bless God in Jesus' mighty name. And the bread just multiplied and multiplied and multiplied and multiplied and multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. And, multiplied and, multiplied. and I believe, God, that if it ever came to that in this system that we live in, Every Christian could walk down the street with their loaf of bread, and someone say, "I don't have anything to eat." You just go, "Bless God, here you go," and you just multiply. Bless God, here you go, multiply. Bless God, here you go, just multiply. Bless. That's the world. That's that's not the world's wisdom. That's God's wisdom, and the world thinks it's foolish, but bless God, we know to feed everybody in the world. Amen. So think about it. I don't care what you don't have. You have got it all if you've got God on your side. Now that's the wisdom I want to get involved with. Don't you? I'm going to spend all my time, all my energies, all my ability, all my strength on learning how to apply that type of wisdom in my life, don't you? And you say, what am I going to do when you know, Uncle Sam comes to my door and I don't have any money to pay my income tax? Did you ever hear of sending for fish? Take on three jobs? No, never take on three jobs. Just go to the pond and say, fish, bring forth the money. Jesus did. Caesar needed his money. Had to pay his taxes. Amen? What Jesus do? You know, there's so much money and gold inside that sea that the world does, know, does not know of. People have lost fortunes under that sea. Every little fish knows where it's at. And they're hawking under the voice of his word. I mean, it proves it right there. And if they had to, they'd go in there and give you, you know, a little piece of gold here and there just to pay your taxes. I believe that. Don't you believe that? That's sounds foolish. But bless God, it's in the Bible. I believe it. I said, I believe it. I believe it. And I believe that God wants us to live that way. I believe He wants us to be so dependent upon Him, He can open up the treasures and the wealth and the riches of heaven and just say, just come and freely receive and get it all and tell everybody else about this great new system that I have put into the world. It's called the kingdom of heaven in the world. God's kingdom operating in the earth. It's above this world's wisdom. It's above all this system right here. Amen? Well, I don't know how well we got that far, but bless God. Well, look what it said in verse 19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness unto God. Oh, sometime I sit back and I say, Oh, Father, listen to that preacher. I hear him preach and I say, He's got words about 75 cents long. He's got an education, you know, about, Oh, about four or five, six, seven, eight, nine letters at the end of his name. All these D's and, you know, PhD's and all these these things that are at the end of his name. I says, Boy, all these wonderful words and flowery sermons they put together. Isn't that something, how wise and how much wisdom they have in these things? And I sit back and say, but Father God, I think that in my own limited language, You've given me faith in Your Word, that I don't need to have some big long sermon. All I've got to say is, Jesus is Lord, and get all my needs met. Bless God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. So the wisdom of this world to God is foolishness. That's foolishness. Foolishness. It don't matter. That woman, you know, that uh, Elijah, was, Elijah was praying for. She fed the widow woman, she fed him, the prophet of God gave him a little chamber that he can stay there and eat and, you know, be cared for, and so she gave to him, and she got blessed by having a son, and his son died, or her son died out there in the field, and the husband wanted to know what's going on, and, and she said, everything's well with the boy, everything's well with my husband, and she got on her horse, she saddled up her horse, and she just, that donkey, she just came riding over there to where the prophet was, and the prophet sent the servant out there and said, go see what that woman's doing. What is she coming over here for? Go and see if everything's well with her husband. Go and see if everything's well with her son. And, and she come running in, you know, uh, just, just flying, just like the railroad express, man, just flying right on in there. And, and, and the prophet says, well, what's going on? What's going on? Is everything well with your son? Everything is well. Everything is well with my boy. Everything is well with my husband. Everything is well, bless God. Everything is well. But the prophet knew that, that the son had died. Here's this woman coming along. Everything is well. Everything is well. Everything is well but her, her, her boy is there lying dead. Now, anybody said, what a fool she is. What a foolish woman she is. What a foolish woman she is saying everything is well when she just lost her only son. But bless God, she knew where help was. Someone talks about the faith message today. That woman was speaking faith, wasn't she? That wasn't just written in the last 20 years, was it? That was written many thousand years ago. Blessed be God. And she's right on there saying, my son is well and everything is well. My husband, everything is well at home. But he was lying there dead. Bless God. Thank God that her faith was alive. She sent forth the prophet. The prophet went over there and blessed God. You talk about true prosperity. You talk about true wisdom. That was the wisdom of faith. That was the wisdom of God's power. She had belief in God's power and belief in God's prophet, the one that was called by God. And he went over there and you know the story. Raised that boy up from the dead and said, woman, here's your son back to you again. Is that wisdom? Is that wisdom? That's the wisdom of God. I believe it's time that we realize it takes all our energies... It takes all our abilities. It takes all our talents. It takes all our time. It takes every fiber of our being to to study and understand and to know the wisdom and the power of God. And it's time that we make a dedication and a consecration to Him so absolute that all we're going to do is put our energies towards learning God's wisdom and God's system. That's what it takes. We're living in this world, beloved, and this world is highly against us. And the wisdom of this world wants to destroy us. But bless God, we can learn about God's wisdom in such a dimension that God could be in our midst as He was in the days gone by. And it don't have to be just for the children of Israel. It don't have to be just for the apostles. It can be for us today, right here, and right now that if we need in this congregation bread to be multiplied, God will multiply it. Hallelujah. Amen. We serve the same God. He never changes. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, he says, For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men for all things are yours. He's writing to this church here and he says, It's, it's time that you begin to realize that it's the wisdom of God you need and not the wisdom of man. You take Calvary, you take, take it apart as much as you can and you find out everything that Calvary stands for and you'll find out that everything you need in this world system has been provided for you at Calvary. At the cross. By the blood of Jesus. Amen. And we can put all our trust in that cross. And we won't be a fool. We'll be a fool to this world. But bless God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Just like that woman running saying, everything is well, everything is well. What a fool. What a fool. They to the world, but bless God, she wasn't a fool after the results came. I've been told I was a fool many times for not taking my kids to a doctor, not doing this, not doing that. But blessed be God, I wasn't a fool when the results came. They thought then you was peculiar and strange, you know, but I wasn't a fool. Now, if we learn how to appropriate all that Calvary stands for, you will be a wise man. And you don't need a vocabulary this long. All you need is God's Word in your heart. Amen. Now, let's go, well, let's go back here to, go to the book of James. I'll comment on that next, not right now. But the first chapter of the book of James, starting with verse 22, he comments about the hearer and the doer. We'll get to that in a second. I want you to notice that there are two things Jesus referred to concerning his sayings. Two things Jesus referred to concerning his sayings. Number one, he that heareth these sayings of mine. Number two, he that doeth these sayings of mine. Hearing and doing are two separate things. Hearing and doing present two different things. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10.17 says. So the hearing part deals with faith. Whatever you hear is what you're going to have faith in. If you hear the wrong thing, you're going to have faith in the wrong thing. If you hear the right thing, you're going to have faith in the right thing. If you hear the negative thing, you're going to have faith in the negative thing. If you hear things that are filled with doubt and unbelief, you're going to have faith in doubt and unbelief. But whatever you hear, either hear these sayings of mine and do with them. The second part of that is do with them. You must hear them and you must do them. I want you to notice that Jesus made a separation between the hearing and the doing, hearing and doing. You can hear them and do them, or you can hear them and do them not. You can hear them and do them, or hear them and do them not. Let me give an example. You, you ladies, heard that Kmart was having a sale. Okay? Someone told you they're having a sale. You can get all kind of bargains. Your neighbor called you up on the phone and said, did you hear the Kmart's having a sale? They're having to sell all this and this and so on and so forth. And you, so you, you heard that and you got inside your car, you drove up to Kmart's and you got yourself a great bargain, came home and told your husband all about it, all the money you saved. You know, by going up there and buying all that stuff, you took him on from all the money you saved because you went and got it on sale. Well, you heard the word, you acted on the word. See, this, this doing part is acting part. You hear it, these things and you do them. Now, the doing part, you acted on, on what you heard and you went up there and did that and you got certain results. You got a bargain. You saved money, right? So you heard it and you did it and you got results. Now, the person that heard it and didn't do it, they'd say, well, isn't that something? She went up there and got this bargain and got all these things on sale and I had to go out and pay full price for it. Well, why didn't you just go up there and get the same bargain? Well, I heard about it, but I just didn't have time to go. Well, you was a hearer, but you wasn't a doer. If you wanted a bargain, you're supposed to make time to go. Isn't that right? I said, if you heard it and didn't do it, that's your fault. Your neighbor called and told you. You could have went up there and got the same bargain. You could have got the same results, but you didn't, you didn't get it because you heard it. Well, enough. No. You didn't do it. Then on the other hand, you know, let's, let's promote some of these stories. J.C. Penney said that uh, you heard someone called you and said, J.C. Penney's having a sale on their dresses. For the ladies, see, you buy one and get one free. You buy one and get one free. Someone called you on the phone and told you that. You heard that. So, you jump in your car, you're up to J.C. Penney, you get to the store, and you say, I want to get this dress and and I want to get one free. And the manager says to you, where'd you hear that? Well, my my neighbor told me. He said, you're having a sale, you buy one and get one free. He said, lady, I'm sorry, but you heard wrong. I said, you heard wrong. See, it's possible to hear wrong. Jesus said, take heed what you hear and how you hear. Because it's possible to hear wrong. Now you just made a fool out of yourself. Because you took the word of that neighbor, you know. You thought they heard, she thought she heard from somebody else, and they thought they heard from somebody else, and they thought they heard from somebody else. And finally when it got to you, you went up there and got it all messed up and got yourself embarrassed. They weren't having a sale. You heard wrong. So you heard and you acted, but you acted on something that was not true. Check out what you heard. See if it's true first before you act upon it. In other words, it's possible to hear and to act and be wrong in what you're hearing and acting on. Alright? It's possible. And you know what you're going to get? No results. She didn't get a bargain, did she? She didn't get a bargain. She didn't get what what she thought she was going to get. So it's possible to hear and act, but yet not get results. If what you're hearing is not right, your acting can't be right. So Jesus said, He that heareth these sayings and doeth them as I have spoken them will be a house that cannot fall... It will be a house that when the storms of life come against that house, that house is invincible. It cannot be shaken and it cannot fall. If the house is falling, if the house is being shaken, then something is wrong with the hearing and the doing. Amen? Jesus said it won't fall. But it did. Then you better check out what you're hearing and you better check out what you're doing. Because if your hearing is wrong, your doing will be wrong. You're going to have faith in something that was wrong. Now, that woman had faith in that, but it was wrong. It was wrong. the wrong information. It was the wrong words that were spoken. And so they acted upon something that was not right. And so you're going to get the bad results. Now, let me say something here before I go on. Just stay there in James. We're going to get to it in a minute. Let me give you an example. You take those... I'm sure there are many here. How many of you here were raised in the church that did not believe in being filled with the Holy Ghost and with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Lift up your hand. Whoa. Hallelujah. Okay. You heard from, let's say, that ministry that it was not for us today. Or you heard something like um, it's only for those that God wants to have. Or you may have heard something as gross as this. Being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues is of the devil. Don't get involved in it. You may have heard those things. Now, all the while, while you were hearing that, how many of you got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues when you believed that? I mean, if you did, lift up your hand. While you were hearing that and while you believed that. In other words, from that hearing, you heard that that it's not for us today, and you heard that it was of the devil, and you heard that... uh, It's only for those that God chooses to give it to. And from that hearing, you got filled with the Holy Ghost. Lift up your hand if you did. All right, now. You may have been sitting under that teaching. I'm not talking about sitting under that teaching. I'm talking about what you heard. How many of you got filled with the Holy Ghost when you heard that the Holy Ghost is for us today? And that the Holy Ghost is for anybody that will come. He's a free gift. And tongues have not been done away with. Tongues are for everyone that will come and receive the gift. How many of you, when you heard that, then acted on that which you heard, and God filled the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues? Now lift your hand. When you heard that. Now, how many of you just got alone with God? And God just did that work in His own way with you. And you got filled with the Holy Ghost like that. See, that can work that way also, but you heard it from God. What I'm trying to say is, as long as you're hearing the wrong words, as long as you're hearing the wrong thing, as long as you're hearing the wrong sayings, you're going to act upon the wrong words. You're going to act upon the wrong sayings. Isn't it amazing that when people finally started to hear the right words and the right sayings, that they finally got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues? It's the same thing with healing. People hear that, well, you know, God doesn't want to heal everybody. People say that, you know, God doesn't want to heal you only if he wants to heal you. Or healing is done away with it's in the past. They hear these sayings. And so as long as they're hearing these sayings and acting upon those sayings, they don't get any healing. But isn't it amazing when finally people begin to realize and hear that God wants to heal everybody. It's his perfect will to heal everybody. And if you'll just come and, and believe and receive, you can be healed also. And when they sit under that type of teaching and begin to hear that, those type of words and begin to act upon those type of words, then they begin to get their healing. Isn't it amazing what, what hearing the right thing does? Isn't this something that, that all these people's lives are being changed around just because they heard some different words? They heard some different sayings. You see why it is so awesome when we stand before God and have to give account of the words we have spoken to people? Boy, that word you said that caused that little baby not to get filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to be held accountable for. And that word you said that stopped that dear sister from getting her healing, you're going to be held accountable for. Isn't that right? So hearing... And doing. Now, let's look at these two scriptures. Well, let's look, look at verse, chapter one, verse twenty-two. James here again is talking about the same thing that Jesus talked about: hearing and doing. Verse twenty-two. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Remember, he said there, "Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived." If you're going to be wise, you have to hear God's word and do God's word. Now, for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his face, his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now the hearer and the doer not, he deceives himself, he forgets who he is in Christ, he's not laid the foundation upon a rock, and consequently, this hear has no results. He has no results. He has nothing to look back upon. As long as you were hearing the wrong thing, as long as you were hearing that the Holy Ghost wasn't for you and tongues wasn't for you, you had nothing to remember concerning the Holy Ghost. But even if you hear that the Holy Ghost is for you, and you hear that God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost, and God wants you to speak with other tongues, and God wants to heal your body. If you hear these things, but don't do, act upon those things, act upon those words, and you're not a doer of that word, you still won't have anything. It's possible to sit under a ministry that preaches the new birth, the born again experience, and die and go to hell if you never act upon what you heard. You can sit here and listen to me preach and say, you must be born again, you must be born again, you've got to be born again to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And And hear it, and hear it, and hear it, and hear it, and never act on it, and you'll go straight to hell. And you'll you'll never go into heaven. I believe in being blunt. I want people to be blunt with me. I want to know where I was going, heaven or hell. When I found out I could know, I, I got on the right road. I've been there ever since. That's the only way you're going to get into heaven by being born again, isn't that right? Okay, you can hear that. But if you don't do that, don't act upon that, it's not going to benefit you. But he goes on to say about the dirt. But whoso, verse 25. Now note these things that the doer does. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. Number one, he looks. Number two, he continues. Number three, he's not a forgetful here. Number four, he is a doer of the work. And number five, he is blessed in his deed. He is blessed in his deed. Notice that. Isn't it amazing? He continued therein. He abided therein. He was not forgetful here. But he was a doer. He acted upon what he heard. Isn't it amazing that that person was blessed by getting filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something that everyone that comes and does those things gets the results, but the other one doesn't? Now, take heed how you hear. Take heed what you hear. Because it's only the doer and the the hearer and the doer of the word that will be blessed with the blessing. No matter what that blessing might be. If it's healing, if it's the Holy Ghost, if it's finances, no matter what the case might be, it's only the hear and the doer of the word. Now that's how faith works. These two things, faith, let's say hearing and doing, or faith and action, are the two components of faith. The two components of faith. Let's look at the second chapter and verse 20, 22 and verse 26. The hear and the doer. Of the word, the hear that means faith, the doer that means action. Hearing and doing, or faith and action, are the components of faith. All right, hearing and doing. Look at verse 22. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? Now notice you got faith and works. Faith and works. The word works is an act, an act. Faith and an act. Now note that. That's very important. Faith and an act. Faith cometh by hearing, an act cometh by doing. Faith and act. Hearing and doing. Faith works. Works. Works is an act. Faith was made perfect by an act. Let's put it like that. His faith was made perfect by an act. Okay? Let's look at verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead. Here we have a contrast, a comparison. The body without the spirit is dead. Faith without works is dead also. Alright, the body without the Spirit. I don't know if you ever took time to meditate this. I did. And I came up with some things that are startling. The body is inactive without the Spirit. If there is no Spirit, the body is there, but it's ineffective. It's inactive. It's inoperative. It's there. It cannot do the dishes. It cannot wash the car. It cannot do the laundry. It cannot wash the windows. It can't walk on down to the store to get groceries. The body can't do anything without the Spirit. Uh, but But the body is there. That's what James is saying. The body is there. But without the Spirit, that body can't go to the store, can't go to church, can't worship the Lord, can't praise God, can't do the dishes, can't do all these things. But it's there. Faith is there if you hear the Word. Faith is in your heart if you've heard the Word. Now, he is comparing faith and works to the body and to the spirit. Now, faith takes the place of the body. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works. Faith takes place of the body and work takes place of the spirit. Now, the spirit is the life-giving force of the body. Oh, the spirit is the energizing force of the body. It is the spirit that's in that body, that causes that body to do the dishes, to go to the store, do the cooking. Prepare the meals, set the table, all these things. Otherwise, without the Spirit inside that body, that body does nothing. It is dead, it is lifeless, it is inoperative, it is inactive, it's ineffective, it can't do anything. Now, you put faith and say that's the body. And you take works and say that's the Spirit. Or, let's say it like this, works or an act. See, that word works, we define it, it's an act. An act. Faith is like the human body... An act is like the spirit. So there is a there's life-giving force to faith. There is an energizing force of faith that makes your faith active, operative, and effective. Otherwise, just as that body will do nothing for you, and this is amazing and astounding, your faith won't get you a dime. Your faith won't get you healed. Your faith won't get you filled. Your faith won't get your finances met. Your faith won't get you anything if your faith is dead. See, your faith can be dead. It's there. It's not that. that, Then does not mean it ceases to exist. That body is there without the Spirit. It's It's there. But it won't do anything. Finally, it'll decay and rot away. I don't want my faith to decay and rot away. I don't want to lose my faith. Do you? All right, now listen. There is a life-giving force. Just as the Spirit is a life, the life-giving force of the body that causes that body to do all the things you need to do during the course of a the day. There is a life-giving force to faith. It's called an act. Faith without works. An act. An act. See, now, Galatians 5, 6 says this. You don't have to turn there. But circumcision or uncircumcision in Christ Jesus profits Nothing but faith which worketh the word worketh is operative effective or active active operative or effective faith which is operative active or made effective faith which is made active operative or effective or effectual by what? by what? okay okay Faith, then, is made active, operative, or effective by an act of love. Faith is made alive, active, operative, or effective by love. When you put that spirit inside that body, that body can do ki- all kinds of things. Right? Okay. When you put an act of love inside that faith, that faith becomes active, and operative and effective to do whatever you need to have done in your life. But that act has to be an act of love. That's why we need to meditate continuously on God's love for us, our love for our brothers and sisters, and for one another, and to the lost, and meditate that love, and meditate that love, and meditate that love, and so fill our hearts with God's love in such a great dimension That that love inside of us is just pouring all out of us. Just pouring all over us and all out of us so that when we act, we act by faith in love. That's when your faith becomes operative, effective, and active to get the job done in your life. Now, if this is true, and it has to be true, it has to be true, it's the word, then there's some things we need to consider. Faith, without action, will not work. Faith, the body, without action, the spirit, will not work. The body will be there. Your faith will be there. It won't do anything for you. Okay? Now, faith with action, let's put it this way. The faith is there. It's possible to have action without faith, and that won't work. Faith without action won't work, and action without faith won't work. Let me say it like this to explain that. You heard that rumor about J.C. Penney having that sale. So you buy one, you get one free. Well, there was action. You went up to the store... And when you got there, it didn't work. You didn't get what you wanted. Why not? Well, you acted, but you acted foolishly. You acted upon a word that was no good. So you had action, but you didn't have faith. Now, I'm going to say something here that you need to know. I witnessed to a person concerning the influence of the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. He had action, but he didn't have faith. He said, I prayed, and I asked God to fill me with the Holy Ghost. And if he would have done it, like you say he would, then I would have spoken tongues. I says, well, tell me how you prayed. He says, I prayed just like I prayed. I said, well, tell me how you prayed. See, there was action, but there was no faith. And I knew that. I want to know why there was, he didn't receive. Why didn't that man receive? There was action, but there was no faith. He said like this, Father, I pray that you fill me with the Holy Ghost. Just like you said in the Word that you fill me with the Holy Ghost. But that tongue's business, I don't want to hear about it. That's not faith. You know what I told him? I said, sir, when you go to the store and you buy a shoe, the tongue goes with it. Right? I said, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, the tongue goes with it. You can't say God came you with the Holy Ghost, but I don't want the tongue. The tongue goes with it. You, you take this whole shoe or nothing. And then you, you ever go to a shoe store and cut the tongue out, then I'm going to give you that shoe like that. That puts you in jail for doing stuff like that. Why go to God? Then only one part of it. They were I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but I don't want the tongue. Now, he had action. He was sincere. But all that he heard about the Holy Ghost caused him not to have faith in it. So he had action, but he had no faith. Now, people do that when it comes to healing. They hear, did you know that brother so-and-so went down there and got healed? Oh, yeah. Well, why don't you go on down there? Oh, I think I will. And so they go on down there. Now they come without faith. They only come because they heard something. Well, what do they hear? Well, they hear God's healing. That's true. God is healing people. That's the right thing to hear. They hear the right thing. But it takes faith and action. A lot of people will come to an altar to be prayed for, but they come without faith. They have an act, but they don't have faith. So it's possible to hear these things and do them. It's also possible to hear them and do them not. Hearing brings faith. They both heard, they both had faith. The faith is there. But the faith was dead because the act either was wrong or they heard wrong or whatever they heard was not enough to produce the act of faith. There was not love in it. He didn't know God would heal him because really what they heard produced a faith in that, well, God would heal if, or he might heal me if he wants to. So it's possible to have faith Without action, and it's possible to have action without faith. Now, you ready to get them together? You get faith and you get corresponding action, and you got yourself results. You get faith and you get corresponding action, and you've got results. Everyone I ever preached, the new birth to that heard the word and that produced faith in their heart and then acted on that word got born again. They got born again. They got results. And those that heard the word and their hearts got into faith for healing and then they acted upon what was in their heart, not on the word of somebody else, they got their healing. I've seen it numerous times. But you know when you talk to them whether the faith is their own faith or faith is somebody else's, and their act, sometimes they'll have an act like those just going to do something because somebody told them to do it. You know, even in counseling, this is, this is very difficult because when you counsel, sometimes you give, you give testimonies of, of how certain things happen. They here you give a testimony on, on how you prayed for a certain individual and how that person got healed. And what they want to do is they don't want to read the Word, they just want to go out there and do the same thing that that person did. They figure, well, if she did it that way, then I could do it that way and I'll get the same results. That's not true. The person that did it that way did it because they had faith, first of all. Then they acted upon their faith, and when they acted, they got results. Now, the guy that did it down the street, he comes up and tries the same thing. Only, he didn't get into the Word. He didn't have faith in his heart. He just had an act, and that act was not enough. See, action with no faith won't work. Faith without action won't work. Now, let's get them both together. Faith and action produces results. Hearing and doing... Produces results. There's no two ways about it. If you'll check out the hearing part. And check out the doing part. And if you'll get them to come together. Then you're going to have faith that's operative and active. And you're going to have faith that gets results. Now I want my faith to get results. So whenever I see in my own life. If I attempted to exercise what I call faith. And did not get results. There's two things I check out. My hearing. My acting. My acting. And my hearing. I've witnessed this before sometimes like in our faith class that I was witnessing this I said you know sometimes I've acted and I've really didn't act in faith I had an act I mean I went not laid hands on my kids and said Jesus name be healed you know and I did it without first preparing my heart I did it without really getting my heart you know filled with faith sometimes you get busy even as a pastor did you know pastors get busy yeah and you know you're doing this and you're doing that and doing this and doing that and sometimes it can take you away from the work. And before I ever pray for my kids again, you better believe that I'll be inside that word and I'll have that word going on and making sure that my spirit man is filled with the word of God. And then when my act, when I lay hands on that child, it'll be an act of faith, not just an act. And every time I've ever done it like that, matter of fact, I I can remember one time we prayed uh, when BJ was having some teeth come in and uh, he was getting all the symptoms that go along with having teeth come in, you know, high fever and that sort of thing. And I was busy in the, Not that I wasn't in the Word. I mean, you're doing the work of the Lord. You're doing the... You know, sometimes you can put the work of the Lord above the Lord of the work. Did you know that? I said, did you know that? Sometimes you can put the work of the Lord above the Lord of the work. Don't ever do that. Don't ever get off there and think that I'm doing all these wonderful things for Jesus, but I'm leaving Jesus behind. Or I'm doing all these things for the Father's kingdom, but I've left the Father behind. Don't do that. Make sure that you're only going to be affected by putting Him first. Boy, I learned that in a quick hurry. You can't run a ministry without putting God first. There's no way you can do that. It's impossible. And any man that tries to do that, you know how he ends up? Ulcers. Heart attacks. Nervous conditions, Because he's doing all the work. Put the Lord, he see, put the Lord of the work behind. And put the work of the Lord above it. Thinking that that's his calling to do that. So, there, there he is. I laid hands on him. It wasn't getting any better. I mean, a day went by. You know, and begin to think a little bit. Then the next day come, and I said, now, wait a minute. Faith works. I know faith works. And that fever doesn't belong on my child. And those teeth shouldn't be so bad coming in for him. Because I got faith in the power of God. And so we repented. Yeah, we repented. You know, pastors repent. Didn't you know that? We repented. Said, Father God, you don't fail. If there's any failure, it's on our part, not on your part. It's time to humble ourselves before God. Oh, beloved, humble yourself before the almighty hand of God. Faith works. If anybody fails, it's not God, it's us. People don't like to hear that. I'd rather hear it. You know why? Because when I hear that, it gets me in the right direction. And so I, I always go by that rule. I said, Father, you can't fail. It's got to be me. So we said, look, at, this is it. This is it. Put the foot down. So that's it, devil. We're not fooling around with you any longer. That fever don't belong on my baby. And those people have to be giving them all that problem and all that trouble. To open opened up our Bible, got into the Word, and said, now, Father, we repent because we didn't, we prayed in doubt and unbelief. We had to. Our act of faith, our act was not really faith in action. It was just doubt and unbelief, just doing it, just out of formality. You know you can do that out of formality? You know you can get so used to laying your hands upon your kids that sometimes you do it without faith? And that's an act, but it's a wrong act. See? You can have action without faith. And so we got ourselves, well, I got so mad at that devil because you don't want to see your kids like that. I said, we got together and bound our feet together, got our hands together and laid our hands upon that child and we commanded that devil to leave him loose him. We commanded that thief to leave him. We commanded those teeth to come in right, right then. That fever left like that. It left like that. And he never had another problem with another teeth coming in his mouth. I mean to tell you, there's nothing more, there's nothing greater than watching God work like that on your kids. You know that? When you know that it works, you'll be in faith. It'll work for you all the time. There's nothing greater than watching God do that because... He shows his love for your children, for your kids. But there, see, it's possible to have a, an act without faith. And it's possible to have faith without an act. But you've got to have them both together in order for it to work. And if you'll just give God the benefit of the doubt, if you'll just, you know, give him as much respect as you give any earthly doctor, people will go to a doctor for a year. I know one that went 12 and didn't get any better, but rather grew worse. Mark 5. Sought many physicians and many things. This woman with the issue of love didn't get any better and rather got worse. She saw him for twelve years. Faithful woman, wasn't you? Well, if your doctor told you to do this and do that, you do it. You're a faithful person. You do exactly what they tell you to do. They give a prescription. You act upon what they say. But if God didn't heal you the first time he came into altar, that's it. You have no more faith. You walk away. No. You've got to be faithful to God. You've got to realize that if it didn't happen, it's not God's fault. You've got to realize that we gotta get ourselves into a place and a position where we can receive our healing from God. And when you finally admit that and humble yourself before God, He'll he'll tell you how to correct that thing that's in your spirit. I shared with you that I, I, I did this for six months with an individual. It took six months to get that spirit corrected to get that desire that they had met. But after the six months, the miracle came. Bless God. You see, it works. Why can't we be faithful to God and give Him the time to correct in our spirit the thing that's lacking on our part and stopping that divine flow from coming into meeting our needs. Well, we can, if we believe and understand and know that God's word always worked and if there's any failure, it's on our part. Now, because we live by that general rule, we've had great success along these lines. Now, I said that faith without works will not produce results. I said works without faith will not produce results. I said faith with proper corresponding actions will produce results. Those actions are actions of love, acting upon God's word. It's an act of love. Okay, now listen to me. This is something very important. It's also possible that you can start out in faith, but then your faith can fail. Remember in Luke 22, 31 and 32, Peter pray, uh, Jesus prayed for Peter that his faith fail not. I said, it's possible to start out in faith and you can start out in faith and even though you started out in faith, your faith can fail. Your faith can fail if, just as Peter, when he got out the boat, he started in faith. He began to walk the walk of faith on the water. But, Halfway there, he began to look at the circumstances and all the things that were around him, all the storms and the wind. Now remember, Jesus said, when the winds blow and the storm comes and the waves beat against your house. Peter's house was on the water. Right? He started walking on the rock. The foundation. The winds blew. The waves came And the storm beat vehemently against his house. And even though he started in faith, his faith failed. Because he got his eyes off of the word and got his eyes on the circumstance. Now, you've heard that many times before, but don't fall asleep on me. Listen to me. Spirit of God, show me something on this. We think that's, well, you know, I prayed for my healing, I started out in faith, and then I I failed, you know, and then, you know, I have to start all over again. No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about your life. I'm going to give you some examples of how faith works and has begun to fail in the lives of many Christians. When you first got saved, and you got out of that boat, and you got out on the water, your faith was so Strong and so robust, your faith was so active because the love of God that was shed upon in your heart for humanity and dying humanity, and those that were lost and dying going to you had such a strong love. it caused you to act on your faith, and you went out there and preached. I mean, you preached, you had lack wisdom, but bless God, you preached. You went out there and told everybody you could think about about this Jesus, about this healing power, about this, this love, about saving power, about being born again, about going to heaven. And you started on that road, and boy, you was just out there on the, on the waves and out there in the sea. You didn't care if they cussed you and persecuted you and said all kinds of things and cursed you and said all kinds of bad things about you. You went out there and you just kept right on going, but the, finally the persecution and finally the cursing and finally everybody's negative doubt and unbelief attitude coming your way. Cut your faith to where you don't even preach or witness that to anybody anymore. Has your faith begun to fail? If it has, I'll tell you why. You used to have love for lost and dying humanity, but you lost that first love, didn't you? And because you lost that first love, you don't preach anybody anymore. Other times when you would have had a track or made sure that you had a track to give to somebody or go out and tell somebody about Jesus and say, hey, do you know, Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. You know, when you first, you did that first because that love was there. But now that you lost that first love and now you don't, you know, if the opportunity is there, okay, but you're not making any, you know, way to do it yourself. Are you hearing me? Now, where is your faith at? Inactive? Inoperative? Dead? Why? Because you lost your love for those that are dying and going to hell? Beloved, you're in the kingdom. If you saw somebody, I said once before, if we had a picture over here and we saw hell and we saw the spirits of men that were hanging by a thread, hanging by a thread. We was, I shared this last night. We was visiting uh, Brother Bannon and his wife. And he got a call on the phone. And said that someone from his congregation said that their father-in-law or somebody was dying. 82 years old, dying in a hospital. Did not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You're almost near Pittsburgh, Swickley Hospital. And uh, he says, "Okay, well, I'll, I'll go up there. I'll go up there and talk to him." They said he's now. This is like about five o'clock, six o'clock in the evening, somewhere around there. And um, they said he's only got till midnight, midnight to live. Doesn't know Jesus is a Savior. He's only got till midnight. If he makes it to midnight, that's all he's got. That's it. Are you hearing me? I'm saying that if that thread is cut, that man's in hell. Let's face facts. That man's in hell for eternity. Separate, separate from the Lord forever. Flames and torments of fire, damnation forever. Well, going up and talking to that man was more important than any fellowship we could have. That man's salvation was more important than anything we can do on this earth. bless God, he went up there and the man was able to talk to him and he got saved. He got saved. That was an act. An act. Because he had faith that Jesus would save that man's soul before he died. Oh, the great love and mercy of God. A man could live 82 years and curse God for 82 years, but on his deathbed, God was saved. Oh, I remember when my grandfather died. Everybody said, you know, I had faith in this. I, I mean, to tell you, I was a young Christian. I had faith in this. I, I, I talked to people in the family. I said, did you ever witness the grandpa? And they said, well, he don't speak English good. He can't understand us. He do not know what we're talking about. I said, oh. I talked to, you know, I even not talked to my grandmother, I said, well, did you ever to him? Well, you know, he don't, don't know what we're talking about. He don't understand English. He don't understand English. He you know what you're saying. You know, how, how are you going to get a They to don't even know what you're talking about. What are you going to eat? And you're going to tell him about Jesus. I'm going, here's a man that's going to go to hell if I didn't tell him about Jesus. They're telling me he can't be talked to. What am I going to do? Thank God for the power of God. Went to the, took him out of the nursing home, the old folks home over there where he was staying. In Youngstown. And said, come on over to our house for a while. You're going to spend some time with us. And we prayed and said, Father God, there's no language barrier in your kingdom. You open up the understanding of this man's eyes and mouth and ears so that when we speak Jesus, if he don't understand another word I say, but when we speak Jesus and his love, that he understands and knows and accepts him as a savior. As long as I was here and he couldn't understand it, I, we didn't do anything about it. But I said, well, well this is ridiculous. Why not just go and ask God to open up his eyes and ears? And we did. Bought to our house. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. We sat down there in our family room in the basement. And uh, I said, Grandpa, you want to go to heaven? We already prayed to ask the Father to open up his understanding that he can't understand it. He said, sure. That was an act that we did. I'm sure that was an act. We believed faith was an act. We acted on Something that we didn't think was possible, but it was an act. You want to go to heaven? Sure. You sure you want to go to heaven? Yeah. Will you pray with me? And if you pray with me, I tell you by the word of God that you'll know you're going to heaven when you die? Yeah. There's no lack of communication there. Amen. It's something when you speak God's word, how ears are open. Oh, glory be to God. And so we said, well, Grandpa said, I'm going to pray. I said, you pray at me? Will you pray at me and say what I say and ask Jesus to come in the heart? Yeah. And he did. He prayed. He went back to the nursing home. He died a very few months later. But uh, I'll never forget when we went to visit him. We'd go back and forth to the nursing home there, and I'd say, Grandpa, where's Jesus? In my heart. In my heart. There's a lot of people out there that are dying and going to hell because somebody didn't have an act of faith. One act. Go tell them about Jesus. Why are we them about Jesus? Because you lost the first love. And faith has to have an act of love in order to save souls. And God, by His Spirit and power, will remove any barrier that could stand between that man and salvation. I don't care if they don't understand one word. He'll, he'll make you speak in that person's language in another tongue. There's another incident that that happened. This woman didn't know anything about salvation. She couldn't communicate. She was in a, in a country that she knew nothing about salvation. She didn't know how to get to heaven. And she come to an altar, and the guy, when she come to the altar, he just started praying in tongues. She knelt down over there. and she, she was speaking in another tongue. You know what she was the one. So he started speaking in other tongues. And finally, she come back uh, later to find out about this here fella, and he, she didn't know, but this man didn't know a word he was saying, but he was speaking in her language and let letter to the Lord. She got saved. He's speaking, he didn't know a word of her language, but in other tongues he was speaking her language, and she, and she got saved. That was an act. An act of love. Do you see what I'm saying? We can't lose that first love. You start out that way, but what happened? Now, it's the same thing. People say, I start out in healing. I used to get healed every time I got prayed for. Oh, that's great. Well, what happened? You're like Peter out there on the water. Well, then, you know, we didn't get healed this time. And so instead of saying, well, something's wrong with me, we said, well, God don't heal all the time. And we got so religious and got so formal and so traditional... We got to the place that, well, you know, now if he wants to heal, it's going to have to be something that he's just almighty sovereignty that God's going to drop down from heaven. Why? Because slowly we took the blame ourselves and started to put the blame on God. Slowly, slowly we began to blame God instead of ourselves. Instead of taking the time to find out where in the world I'm missing it. If I started out in faith, Peter started out in faith, he should have never sunk. It was not God's fault he sunk. I said it was his fault he sunk. He saw the circumstances around him, and they became bigger than God. People, they, they start, now I know. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am.